I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating, where Julie Kraftchik and I, UHU, are <laughs> your investigative reporters on why people do the things they do, why they say the things that they say, and how do we deal with it all. Love it. Yeah, because we're in <laughs> season 13. I cannot believe it's still season 13. So maybe we have some newbies. Maybe we have people that have been with us since season one. It still shocks me every day that we have been doing this for over five years. I wonder if that's how married people feel. They're like, can't believe we've been married <laughs> for five fucking years. You, you might be my longest relationship I've ever been in. This year, you surpassed my longest relationship. My longest relationship was for yes. five years. And this year, we're 
we're going on six. So. Right, we're going on six. Yeah, you've oh surpassed my, my longest relationship. We are life partners forever. <laughs> well, it's a it's a success story. I found Julie not through an app, but <laughs> through mutual friends. <laughs> We bonded over wine, you know, and then we created something very beautiful. Well, technically, we met through an app, kind of. Not an app, well, but through... a service, a, so- a social matchmaking service. Yes, that I ran. So it wasn't like you and I yeah. signed up for this. But but it was a success story. And if that service were still in service today, we could have given them a testimonial. Julie, bring it back. 500 brunches. Let's go. Our first sponsor. Did you ever reach 500 brunches? No, I didn't. I did go on a shit ton of brunches. I think this is the way to be. It's just getting out into the world. We had the best story today on our Facebook. I just want to give a shout out to Julia Julia. LaSalle. Speaking of being out in the wild, just making shit happen. She was talking about how she was master dating with blueberry pancakes and a shit ton of bacon. (laughs) I mean, that sounds like a pretty freaking great master date. And then you're like, how could this day get better? How could this day get better and then some guys like sees what's going on and was like hey that's how this day gets better and then got her number and texted texted. her right away i feel like our entire facebook community is gonna be out on master dates this weekend yes with all the pancakes and bacon even the vegetarians are like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I don't need to eat this. So how I find my person. I'm in for it. You just got to smell like bacon. That's cool. I don't need to eat it. <laughs> it's all good. Um, this episode, though, is pretty damn funny. A little clue. Fuck boys. Fuck boys. What you going to do? What you going to do when they fuck you up? <laughs> you know what's the best about this? So we had Kane Holloway, who's a comedian. So it's going to be funny regardless. And we initially came on with a slightly different topic because we were on his podcast, Don't Take Bullshit from Fuckers. Both of us were guests on that podcast. You may have heard us re-air some of those in the bonus season. And one thing he started talking about with UA's episode, didn't go too deep, was Mm -hmm. about how his current girlfriend made the first move. So we're like, oh, that would be a good topic. And it was. And there's definitely tidbits in here for people. But when we started talking, we're like, nope, this is shape up to be about why Kate is it is not possible for him to be a fuckboy. Like, how he cannot actually be a fuckboy, which ended up being a way better topic. Even though he tried, tried, <laughs> tried. is just not in his blood. Which is also a great way to dispel the myth that men are born fuckboys or they just have mm-hmm. these fuckboy tendencies. No, not every guy has fuckboy tendencies. You kind of have to really try. And Kane tried and he couldn't get there. So I had some deep thoughts the other day. Oh, just the other day. (laughs) I mean, I have deep thoughts every day, but specifically around the topic of fuckboys. I was like, okay, why? You know, like things that people say about fuckboys, right? Like they lead you on, they say certain things to kind of fall into the trap a bit. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't have intentions of really being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And or maybe like, you know, jerk you around a little. So you think there's something there. And then it's not really as much as you think. So I was wondering, could there be fuck girls? Like, I feel like all this applies Mm -hmm. to women, too. But you never hear anyone talking about fuck girls. Fuck boys is like probably one of the most 
common dating terms this day and age. Mm-hmm. But you never hear fuck girls. So I did a little digging. and <laughs> I like to see Julie's search history this night. Oh, I don't want anyone to ever see my search <laughs> history. What's the female <laughs> equivalent of a fuck Yeah, boy? no, so there are, okay, so there were quite a lot of articles in 2017 specifically about fuck mm. girls. Mm. It clearly did not take off. Clearly, right? No. So there's one that I found that was 12 signs you're actually a fuck girl. You want to hear some of the yes, signs? Yes, please. Okay. The first one is you post more selfies than any other pic. Okay. Weird. You text your ex every now and then. I could see this because like if a guy was doing this that didn't have intentions of getting back with the girl, we call them a fuck boy. Like that's what people okay. would say. Um, You have your read receipts switched on. I don't know. How, I don't get that one. I, like, I who care. uses read receipts? My mom tried to get me to do that. I'm like, hell no. I never do. <laughs> I feel like if you were a fuck boy or a fuck girl, you would want anything but read receipts. Or I guess it's more like you turn it on so you so the other person knows you read it and you still haven't responded back the, uh, just to be an intentional asshole. That's what it's saying, actually. I'm reading it deeper. The power gets you off that you they, they know you saw it and you didn't respond. Okay. Okay. You don't refer to men by their names. I can kind of see this. Like, remember when we always talked about, like, our phone books being the Tinder family? Yeah, it doesn't make you a fuck girl, though. It just means you're not... It just means you're normal, (laughs) (laughs) Well, define normal. But yes, it probably means that you're a serial dater, maybe not a fuck girl. Or, like, you're just... You're trying not to get your hopes up, right? Yes. You string guys along, and you've kept men on retainer. Mm -hmm. So you get attention. I think that one's probably applicable, because we would say a fuck boy will keep, like, kind of bread crumb you right to Mm -hmm. keep you around um you only date men with money i think that's just a gold digger i don't know if that's a fuck girl you've broken the code being with a friend's significant other cheating that's just bad juju (laughs) and then you've left your gal pals or canceled on them just for the d that's just called being horny and your (laughs) gal pals would totally understand (laughs) but i wonder if we were to like dissect all the stuff that makes like i'm sure there's an article like the 12 things that makes you a fuck boy would we find reasons to say like that doesn't exist or did fuck girls really just not take off because it's not a thing i i feel like the article is flawed by design because what makes someone a fuck boy is not what they do but what their intentions are mm-hmm. and so by saying like these are things that you do if you're a fuck girl doesn't really make sense because of what's the intention behind right, it right right i do think what comes with fuck boys their intention is to play games string along as many women as possible and have women be okay with the fact that they're d- dating a bunch of other women and they never commit so if a woman's intentions were that as well yes i think that would make her a fuck girl yeah I know it's so fascinating. I was like thinking about like, have I dated a fuckboy before? Or, like, right. gone on Me a too. date. I was thinking that too. And I don't know. It's so hard to tell because it's like if you relay something, it's all how you you know interpret things. Mm-hmm. I think some. I think I've definitely been in situations where maybe like I thought it was more than it actually was. But was that because they had ill intentions, or was it that they just were confused or testing the waters and like seeing how things were going? I don't 
don't know if it made them a fuckboy or just part of natural dating in some way. Okay, well, I think that's very much related to our question, right? (laughs) The question that we've been getting since Fuckboy Island is so popular right now. (laughs) Oh, some people may not have had experience with fuckboys. So the question we've been getting recently is, how do you know when you're dating a fuckboy? And so maybe this is a great time for us to answer this question. But I also want to pull up this this text my friend just just sent to me. And she said, uh, my therapist told me you're used to picking up crumbs and making a beautiful cake, but you deserve more than crumbs. You deserve wow. the the whole cake and still intact cake. And I think that's what it is. A fuckboy gives you crumbs and maybe mm-hmm. they're delicious crumbs, but they don't give you the entire cake. And so you're constantly looking to bake a cake out of the crumbs that they give you. But a, a true gentleman, a true nice, kind person would give you their whole cake and it'd be delicious from the get go. So I think what makes someone a fuckboy is that they never give you their whole self because mm-hmm. they're spreading their crumbs everywhere. Yeah, I think what also makes a, someone a fuckboy, we said it before, but intention Um, I think this is a big one because someone might give crumbs because they're in a place that they're unable to be in a relationship. And you could argue, are they a fuck boy? Are they not a fuck boy or fuck girl or not a fuck girl? Because at the end of the day, the result is the same. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is not a malicious attempt like attack like if someone Mm -hmm. is being upfront and honest and you know they're like i do care for you but this is happening or whatever is going on in their lives i think that's a lot different than someone just falling off the face of the universe and then hitting you up at 2 a.m when they're free yes Right. And along the same lines, I think fuckboys are very honest, too, because they like to they want the power dynamic of telling you the truth and still having you stick around because of it. So even if you watch Fuckboy Island, I know Julie does not like that show that much. I'm okay. I'm okay on that show. I was really (laughs) into the first two episodes. And then I'm like, all right, they're all fuckboys. But the the men there on there are self-proclaimed fuckboys. So if you just ask someone straight up, would you consider yourself a fuckboy? A fuckboy would say, yes, I am. Yeah. Do you still want to date me? Or they they tell you, I don't want to be in a relationship. They're super honest, but then they keep pursuing you anyways. I've definitely been in situations like that. At the end of the day, it comes down to yourself. And if you're going to stand for that, like if you really truly are in a, like, a good headspace yourself, you're probably going to be like, I, I don't want that. But I think totally. the honesty in a way, I do think it gives the power dynamic, like you were just saying, but it also kind of like clears someone's conscious of it because they're like yes. i told you what i was looking for and exactly. you're still going along with it exactly exactly so they can't blame you know there's no, there's no blame on anybody because i told you the truth i let you know i think another sign is how they respect you in public yeah if you're out with them and they're hitting on other people in front of you blatantly or they're i mean I hate admitting this, but I had someone make out with someone else in front of me. And they said it was because I wasn't giving them enough attention. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, this was years ago, many years ago, but this did happen. And I think in a way, I think that is a fuckboy. Because if someone that isn't a fuckboy would have that conversation in a way that wasn't trying to like mess with you with that. Yep. 
Yep. And there comes this feeling of winning with a fuckboy as well. I definitely dated one in New York because he was all about winning, winning girls over. And when he met me, he was very straight up. I have a girlfriend, but I'm very attracted to you. I really want to spend some time with you. So, of course, stroke my ego. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Maybe he'll leave his girlfriend for me. That never happens. And then what ended up happening was he would only see me at like 3 a.m. or, you know, 2 p.m. on a on a weekday and be like, oh, do you want to go get tea? No, we're just fucking whatever. But I thought that was his way of building a relationship. And this went on for over a year. And he had different girlfriends the entire time. And he would bring them out in front of me. He would right. bring them out. Here's my girlfriend. I'm like, cool, whatever. I'm trying to be the cool girl in all of this. And then at the end, I was like, oh, my God, this is what my self-worth is now <laughs> for this guy who has, quote unquote, tea with me oh on a 2, p- 2 p.m. on a Monday. Like, fuck this shit. But I let it happen because he never lied to me. He was like, I have a girlfriend. No. I love how we start off like, have we been with yeah. <laughs> And as we're talking, I'm like, all these memories are coming back. And I think both of us current day would not. Is Some of that is growth, right? But I yep. think a big piece of it is in your earlier years, sometimes you're, you know, you think that's is how people are. Like, yeah. I think especially as women, we think like, that's how men are trained. I remember I have God bless, I have this one group of friend that ne- friends that never knows any of these like dating terms. And they were like, what is a fuck boy? <laughs> and I was like, it's basically a player of our generation, you know, but in, yeah. like Cosmopolitan magazine and like all the bad books we read, I feel like that's what you expected men to be like. A lot of us just accepted those crumbs because mm-hmm. we thought that was the dynamics that you were expected to accept. Yep. Remember yep. this guy was, we were, you know, hitting it off and he's like, I'd really like to take you on a date. And I was like, great, I can't wait. And he's like, I don't think my girlfriend would like that though. Oh. I'm like, then why, why are you bringing it up? Like, why? Oh. <laughs> so sleazy, you know? But it does take, like your friend's therapist said, getting to that point that you're like, I don't, I want someone that's like all in and can communicate like an adult and doesn't do weird power dynamics who wants that at the end of the day that's the fuck boy right there he is not on this mainstream path he's sort of like only sees you off hours he makes these very like from left field comments so that it, it catches you by surprise and you're like ooh, he's giving you giving me special attention mm-hmm. maybe he sees something different in me maybe i can change him and then you got to think damn that poor girlfriend who has right. to deal with this guy but they can change i mean we had an episode of last season uh is it the timing or the person with your friend jesse and he was definitely a reformed fuck boy that changed his ways i think though the key was he did it yeah someone you know like it's not your job to change this person they need to want to do it themselves and she had to move on with her life yes yes before he realized that he wanted to change but you're never going to be able to change someone they just have to do it themselves and fuck boys very well know they're fuck boys and they only want to change when they want to change their identity and you can't push that along so just leave them the fuck alone on fuck boy island yes but you know you found a keeper like in this episode with Cade when someone actually tries (laughs) and they can't do it that's the best sign that that's a keeper (laughs) there should be like a fuck boy training camp and then all the dropouts we match them up match them up with nice girls it's like (laughs) send this text at 2 a.m and one guy's like i just can't do it 
That would be amazing. Like, you, get out of here. You're not cut out to be a fuckboy. That's the next fuckboy island. <laughs> Are you a fuckboy? That, that would be the uh, ultimate competition. It's like American Gladiator. This is like American fuckboy. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, if anybody wants to buy that show, <laughs> please give us credits. <laughs> we are commissioning it. We're ready to go. <laughs> but you and I have been hard at work this week. Oh I feel like gosh. I am, I think we're a little delirious right now because this has been Fucking a killer delirious. week for the two of us. But we have something so exciting in store. We're not going to say too much because we, you know, we're, we'll reveal it when we're ready. But I think it's going to really, like, I think people are going to love it. And it's going to greatly impact a lot of people that are listening to this podcast on a weekly basis. And it's almost been like we needed these five years to get to this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've been working on this for five years. And <laughs> recently, we felt like this was the right time to do it. So we've been heads down, really focused on on working on this thing that we're about to launch. And let's just say we cracked the code on something. Okay? <laughs> we cracked the code. We'll we leave it at that. Is, we'll leave it is, at that. This is the bee's knees of kids still say that these days like this is it if there's one thing to look for this year this is it and we can't wait to launch it but we can't launch it just yet i just want to bring back the bee's knees also <laughs> what does that even mean what we're launching and the bee's knees those are the two things you need to stay aware for <laughs> in 2021 <laughs> the bee's knees you just whatever Whatever that means. We'll figure it out. Uh, Let's get into some announcements, shall we? Yeah, we had a great kickoff to Sounding Board 2.0 the other night. Mm -hmm. We did our first Office Hours coffee chat. I'm still working on the name, but I think you get the point. You basically get to pop in and ask UA and I any question that you have that's burning or listen to other people's in a group format. The whole piece of the Sounding Board is to have this supportive community and I was blown away by the types of questions. They weren't like basic, annoying questions about dating. Like there were some really meaty ones, but also things that everyone can relate to. Like there was one that was said that I think everyone in the room was like, yep, yep been there been before. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like group therapy in a way. And it's okay if you don't want to share. It's okay if you don't want to talk because you just learn so much by listening to other people share their own experiences. And I'm also impressed by how open and warm and kind everybody was who went to our office hours. So it creates such a safe space for Mm -hmm. anybody to share or just to listen. Yep. And we are going to be starting up in September more of focused conversations around some like just really hot topics that a lot of people are discussing and wondering about. Like since we've been doing this now for a while, we're starting to see the trends of the types of things that people want to dive into a little deeper. So we'll be doing that with our fabulous team of hosts that are a little dateables in training and uh, we can't wait to kick that off so if you want to get into the sounding board we will have one more month at the initial rates and they will be going up in September on September 1st so definitely get in on it now if this is something you've been thinking about it's a great opportunity great community what also warmed my heart when we did the office hours is a lot of the folks were like I've been in here since day one yeah this has made such 
such an impact for me. So it was really nice to hear. We had a mix of new people and some of the people that have been here from the day we launched. So I thought that was really great to hear. Yes. So get all the information at datablepodcast.com slash sounding board. A lot of you have been joining our Facebook group saying that you keep hearing about the sounding board on our podcast. Well, you're you're not going to stop hearing about it because this <laughs> is all we're really going to talk about. We truly believe in this idea of community and a curated, smaller, intimate community. So check it out. I mean, if you're just curious, check it out for one event or one happy hour and uh, let us know your feedback too. And speaking of feedback, you can always give us feedback through Instagram. Follow us at Dateable Podcast. We're also on Twitter. We're not as active there, but same handle. And we're also on YouTube. These videos that Julie and I do that we put on makeup for, might as well (laughs) just pop into YouTube, watch like two seconds and be like, okay, that's what they look like. (laughs) Exactly. You can see so much different dynamics than just our voices. I know life would be easier if we didn't even have YouTube, but we want to do it because it's nice to be in front of you all. And it gives us an an opportunity to, you know, get ready and (laughs) not wear pajamas. And you get to see our recording environment. Yeah, life could be kind of weird if we were just never seeing anyone. And we were just constantly just our voices were out there. We could be wearing anything at any time. People can imagine anything they want. Maybe keep it better that way, you know, just... (laughs) Imagine whatever you want that we're wearing, like onesies yeah, or bunny suits, whatever. So we record it every week. Onesies, because it's not hot enough. <laughs> go to YouTube and find out. Go to YouTube, yes. How about every week we change up the onesies? So you have to go to, you have to go to YouTube to find out what it is. How is that for a teaser? And just a last reminder is it really helps us when you give us reviews in Apple Podcasts. We had a guest recently tell us that is exactly how her manager booked her on, mm-hmm. our, on our show because her manager looks at how many reviews a podcast gets and the more reviews you get the more legit you appear to be so if you can give us five stars write a little nice blurb we really highly appreciate that because that's what helps us propel and grow um, in a direction that we wanted to go yeah and this guest was killer this has been someone you and i both wanted on the podcast for i would say at least a year now she is phenomenal going to have that episode coming soon and and yeah, this is what makes it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apple Podcast, five stars. Give a little blurb and we will send you all the kisses. Please. <laughs> it's karma for your love life right yes. there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do you feel that through your headphones right now? Just all the karma and the kisses coming all your way. All the kisses. Okay, let's dive into our sponsors this week. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATABLE 
available at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first First month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This episode is made possible by Lugs. Amidst the golden age of the 90s, Lugs found its footing as a leader within the footwear and fashion space. Priding itself on quality materials and supreme comfort, the brand never wavered with the passing of trends. Whether you remember the brand's early appeal within the hip-hop culture or the countless celebrity endorsements, one thing remains the same, Lugs' distinctive style. Julie and I both have a few different styles of Lugs shoes ranging from their iconic boots to their canvas sneakers. Even though they're so different in style, one thing remains the same. They're all so comfortable and light. I love my flirt high zip boots that I can wear with cute summer dresses and my canvas sneakers go so perfectly with my jeans and t-shirts. Fun, comfortable, everyday wear, realistically priced and affordable. So go treat yourself. You can never have too many pairs of lugs. Exclusively for our beautiful listeners, get 30% off full price items now by going to lugs.com and entering the code DATEABLE. Again, that's L-U-G-Z.com and entering the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 30% off full price items. Okay, let's hear it from Kane about how to fail at being a fuckboy. It's so great to have you on our show because both Julie and I were on your show. Don't take bullshit from fuckers, otherwise known as DTBFF. You and your co-hosts were so nice to us that we thought we would, um, you know, show the same kind of hospitality. So Kane, if you don't know about Kane, he is 34 years old. He's a comedian, Mm -hmm. co-host of Don't Take Bullshit from Fuckers podcast and Well Actually Pod. Is the acronym WAP for that one? Yeah, we just changed it. We just changed it to WAP. We were so excited when that song came out. Because you know what? Frankly, frankly, I don't care for it. I feel like... 
have you seen the music "Eh." video by chance yes oh my gosh it is aggressive so well actually pod is not really wap but it has the same acronym no yeah you're not gonna get wap listening to that show it's very nerdy and if you do then even better right yeah it's good well yeah no if you do then we're your podcast but you might get dap (laughs) a dry ass pussy yeah (laughs) or dope ass pussy (laughs) yeah Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. right (laughs) right what were we doing we're introducing kane right before we got conversation (laughs) like what was this episode about so king is 34 originally from seattle he lives in la but he's currently in seattle for a few months he's recently in a monogamous relationship and what is interesting is that you were were divorced during the pandemic and Mm -hmm. dating for the first time in eight years figuring out a new relationship that's crazy crazy turn of events yeah That was a weird time for me. <laughs> that was a weird time. I bet. we w- Well, we definitely want to get into your current relationship. But I guess before we do, can you kind of take us back before you met your current girlfriend to what kind of dating was life coming out of that divorce in COVID times? Well, it was... Uh... Getting back into dating uh, after an eight year long relationship when you're doing you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about meeting people. You never downloaded the apps, uh, you know, and then to be thrust into it. And on top of that, uh, COVID. So now there's all these new rules that that the dating community is already they're already aware of how dating is. Like I'm Mm -hmm. out of the club, so I'm coming in learning all the new dating rules on top of which they're making up new rules because of COVID. So I got to I got to know how dating is and now what dating is like during COVID. Uh, (laughs) It was um, it was weird because like a few girls uh, like I'd go fly and see my family and then I, I met someone on Hinge. And then when I came back to L.A., I was living in L.A., I got a COVID test and then we were supposed to meet up. And then like later on, she was like, oh, do you want me to get a COVID test? I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's COVID, COVID time. Yeah, you're COVID like, if time. I'm getting one, you're getting one also. Get a, yeah, get a, get a COVID test. I don't even, why am I, why are we even doing this? So it was, um, it made me think too, like you got to really, really like someone mm-hmm. to get back in your car and then go to a deserted parking lot and sit in line in your car and then get a swab up your nose (laughs) than to just go have socially distanced coffee with a person. That is a lot to ask of somebody. And I just was like, I don't know if I like anybody. I don't know if I can like anybody Mm. um, right now enough to want to do that all the time. And then like take COVID out of it. I don't know if if I want to put pants on in general to go meet. (laughs) Who said you had to put on pants to go on dates? Yeah, exactly. I don't want to. I can imagine the culture shock, though, if you've never dated before. It's been a while. Like, when did you get married? How old were you when you were actually dating before getting married? Um, I don't know. I was like in my early 20s whenever we met. And we, yeah, we just sort of, we went really fast too fast Mm -hmm. and uh and then because of that like this like we hit it off and the spark was so like it ignited so fast that we were like oh let's just keep it going let's just Mm. uh, like let's do all the things it's kind of like a great lesson i had to learn you know i'm still applying to my life but like at a certain point with a relationship that starts off really really like on fire like that where you're just like going 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 the the relationship can kind of turn into a 
a goal checklist mm. where the relationship by itself isn't enough. It's mm-hmm. what are we reaching towards next as mm-hmm. a couple? Like what are we succeeding at as a couple together? And then you get to the wedding. We and like I canceled the wedding a couple times. Like we got engaged much earlier. Like we got engaged like three or four months into dating each other. Oh wow. And then we couldn't stop fighting. So I cut it off and I said we no. No, we shouldn't get married. I think that's a terrible idea. So we took it off the table for a while and we kept like we kept like coming back to it. So eventually we got to it. We, you know, like we just, we didn't have the that conversation again when we really should have, when it was like, mm-hmm. I think we as a couple just have grown apart and the, and the wedding isn't the saving grace. Mm. And that's sort of what the wedding kind of was. Like you don't really think of it in that term. I mean, at least you try not to. You just, you just kind of hope like this is okay. Yeah, we're making the right decision. But we just didn't have that conversation of like, Hey, I think we have. I think we've just grown apart. Kind of. How a, long were you married for? Six months. Oh, really? So you were in a yeah. relationship for almost eight years before you yeah. got married. Mm-hmm. Wow. I feel like so many people can relate to that because in relationships, a lot of times we work towards these milestones mm-hmm. at the expense of the relationship, thinking mm-hmm. that we have to accomplish these milestones to get that seal of success on our relationships. But then when people get married, when they have kids, when they get into the house that they built together, they realize, oh shit, we never worked on our relationship, the foundation of our relationship. And then it starts falling apart pretty fast. Right. And we were both comics. And and the thing is, it's like, so we're like gone a lot. And, Mm. you know, there's somebody, Seinfeld, there's a Seinfeld episode where Jerry describes a relationship and he's he's actually talking about Elaine has this relationship going with a neighbor of hers where they're on a waving basis <laughs> like they don't actually know each other's <laughs> names they just like wave at each other and then all of a sudden like the waving went away and it was a polite nod and then the nods went away and now there's like she's like there's this animosity between us and <laughs> it's based out of nothing and <laughs> and Seinfeld's like a relationship is like an organism you starved it and then it turned against you mm. and that's a pretty good representation of what we were doing. We don't hate each other and we we ended very amicably, but at a certain point we were just like there was an animosity that we couldn't we couldn't really figure out what like there was no substance to it, you know? Yeah. It was just like it was like holding a balloon you don't want to hold. And you're just like there's like nothing there's really, you know, there's nothing to it. There's nothing exciting about this balloon. It's not floating. It's not going to give me a, a like a, a high or anything right now. It's just like so what are we doing? And um that's when we had to pop the balloon. <laughs> I was hope, I hope that that made sense. So you walk out of this relationship and you basically have no dating experience. I mean, yeah. I think 20s to 30s is a whole different ball game so of different. dating. Yeah. So For you're sure. so you're back in it in COVID. Were mm-hmm. you like before you met your current girlfriend, were you dating anyone else or is she kind of like the first person that's kickstarting this? I dated a couple people and um it was just something a lot of my girlfriends were trying to uh, turn me into a fuck boy. They were like <laughs> they're like, yo, it's time it's fuckboy summer for Kane. You've been like you've been the nice guy and it's time to just like get your dick wet, dog. And I was like, All right, I I mean, I guess so. I don't know what I have to do to accomplish that as a goal. 
like, they're like, don't get attached. And I'm like, all right. But then I go on these dates and I start asking them all these personal questions and they're like very open to tell me everything about their life. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I, you know, like all of a sudden I'm like, they're not, you know, they're not the piece of meat they're supposed to be. They're a person and I can't just fucking dump a person, you know? And I just realized like, I just don't have that in me. You know, I, I slept with a woman and then after she left, I was like, ah, I can't, I have no emotional, I have no emotional attachment to, to her. And, and then I was like, I think I got to end it. <laughs> and I'd never felt that before. Like I'd never, ever felt, or I, it's not that I haven't felt that before. I just haven't felt it in a, such a long time to just be like, oh, I don't want to see you again. And now I feel awful. And I got to go return. She gave me Harry Potter. I've never read any of the books. So I was like, I had to go give her her book back. <laughs> like we were like we were in middle school. And I was like, as, as I'm breaking up with her, she's like, we're not together. And I'm like, I know that. But I don't know. Like, I don't know what to say to say I don't want to continue this. And so I'm just I basically say we should just not see each other. And she's like, yeah. Uh, that's fine she's like the fuck girl this situation <laughs> yeah she's like, she's like who, what's your name again? tuesday yeah <laughs> yeah like, who are like, you oh she's like i have 10 of those books you can keep it <laughs> give it to every guy i sleep with consolation prize you're welcome peace i go i'm like where's the bathroom she's like it's on the left and i go right and there's just like a, i open a closet to all the harry potters <laughs> How come you only have Sorcerer's Stone in here? And she's got pictures of all your headshots, like you're yeah. one of them. She's like with a check mark next to it. Yeah. And that one. She's she's like she's like Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> but for fuck girling. Just, yeah, just like yeah. a little vial of my semen inside the book as a bookmark. <laughs> I just love it though. You're like this is going to break her heart. She's like, I don't care. I really don't care. I think it's, first of all, I think it's interesting that it was your girlfriends that want to turn you into a fuck boy. It just shows how toxic masculinity bleeds into so many other areas of society. Cause sure. I've done the same for my guy friends. Oh, you're going through a divorce. You're going through a breakup. Go mm -hmm. fuck some women. You'll feel better. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah, out there. Doesn't, yep. It doesn't oh, make yeah. you feel any better. And it's, I think it's good to know that you're not innately a fuck boy. Mm -hmm. You actually have to try to be a fuckboy. Yeah. You would not survive on Fuckboy Island out of all oh, no. <laughs> They'd know right away I wasn't a fuckboy. They'd know no. immediately. I, I just like I engage and then I feel really terrible and because I'm like these feelings aren't recipro like you know when someone likes you more than you like them. Like you can just mm -hmm. feel it mm -hmm. inherently. And I just kept feeling that feeling of like this is not gonna be reciprocated at all. Mm -hmm. And like I was fooling around with a girl trying to like, okay, all right, let's let's see if we can just like have meaningless sex. And I just, I even told her, I was like, you know, I'm getting out of a thing and I'm not really looking for anything like too crazy or serious or whatever. And she was like, yeah. And then we started fooling around. And then I was like, I can't, I can't. Like, I just, I don't want to do that again. I've already done this twice where I, I sleep with someone. And then I'm like, I don't, I feel nothing. And yeah. now I want them to leave. And I feel like shit for like, two weeks and maybe it's just like uh, some ego thing i'm not realizing of just like did i break her heart or whatever i just like didn't want to keep having the breakup conversation so i just mm -hmm. was like i don't think we should sleep together it's not gonna happen i'm not really i'm not really into it and she and it's just like i'm not there 
and she's like okay that's great because i don't want to sleep with you right now anyway like i want to i would want to build up to that i would want you to be my boyfriend first and i was like oh then we definitely should not be sleeping yeah. together <laughs> this is definitely end of the road for you miss yeah so UA knows how much I love timelines to like pull the story together. Like how many months after the divorce is this like fake fuck boy stage of yours? It was three months afterwards. I was like on a walk with one of my friends and uh, she was like in a new relationship and like, you know, they had, they were COVID forced to be inside together. And she was just like, she was like, yeah, like we're, we got our own like, like struggles. And I think, I think right now you just need to like, you just need to go out there and just have a ton of meaningless sex and stuff. I like, I think that'll be good for you. And uh, it'll help like boost up your ego, broken heart, that kind of thing. And I was like, all right, I guess so. And then, and then she like, she's like, send me pics, send me like, let me look at your bio. Let me look at pictures of you mm-hmm. i'll mm-hmm. i'll sign off on the pictures that you sh- so i'm like sending her pictures of me like with my niece drawing and shit and she goes now dum dum you're trying to get you're trying to attract uh sluts you're not trying to <laughs> you're trying to get you're trying <laughs> to wipe somebody up yeah, yeah so it's no no kid pics and i'm like okay i i don't know you know and so dick pics only yeah just dick pics just your dick or just you clean shaven and then people were like is that a dick <laughs> yeah and a couple of my girlfriends like I, and they all like know each other so they're all talking about me and then they're re- together refining my tinder and mm-hmm. uh, bumble and hinge profiles and then they send it back all these pictures this is your profile picture these are your next few pictures this is the fucking tagline you should say here's what should be in your bio all right go out and get laid and then i was like okay and just like everyone says it was awful to sit and try and talk with anybody you matched with Mm -hmm. and if you had a connection with somebody it truly didn't matter if i was like look i'm not looking for anything serious it felt like hey i'll change his mind yeah Mm. And I, yeah. I was like, I'm kind of not budging on this. I can't be in another relationship this soon. And then mm-hmm. it would explode. Or not explode. It would just end. This is so profound to me just because it says a lot about modern dating. Because you spent eight years of your life trying to attach yourself to someone in a relationship. When most daters who are single spend most of their single life trying to detach themselves from people they date. They don't want to be invested in, you know, with their feelings. They don't want to be the first one to say, I want to be in a relationship with you. So there's that, it makes sense why you were feeling this way and why you felt like you couldn't be participating in this (laughs) sort of like detachment because it's not, it's just so not who you are. Yeah, I kept running into really cool girls like what like one girl we liked and disliked every movie we had the same ideas across the board about movies and like i love watching them and talking about them and we'd spend hours talking about movies and shit and i'm like she's really cool and she's really pretty, and I bet she'd be a dope girlfriend. Mm. But I cannot do yep. this. I just timing can't do it. I can't be. I can't be this girl's boyfriend. It's it's not. I can't do it. And then that just kind of kept happening. Where like like I went on a date with a girl who I got ghosted. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. You have to do it at least once in modern dating, right? Yeah. It's initiation. <laughs> oh, it was so funny to get ghosted. I was. And I also, also because I'm, I'm always like aware of if I'm 
in someone's space and if someone's touching me, I'm just very used to being like, oh, oh I'm sorry. So I'm like, I'm on this date <laughs> with this girl and under the table, she keeps, she keeps uh, putting her foot on my shin and rub like, oh, giving you the footsie, giving me a, like a footsie under the table. And I kept being like, oh, excuse me. And moving my <laughs> shin away. I had to like have, she went to the bathroom and then I kept replaying all those moments. And I'm like, you are so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I am missing all the sides. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break from this hilarious conversation to hear a few messages. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so you did get a taste of modern dating. Like, how mm-hmm. long was this period that you were kind of cycling through people dating, but not really, like, looking for anything? That was a couple, that was maybe two months, two or three months also, where it was just like, uh, let me let me see off and on. I'd look at one of the apps and then see if I had a message and if it was worth getting into and... And the and my thing is like I'm not I don't want to sit for too long talking or waiting for your response and I know that that's a tactic people use where they'll mm-hmm. respond to you and then it'll be days later and I'm just like I don't know you or care if you <laughs> spend three days not talking to me I, the thing pops up there's nobody beautiful enough to deal with that shit I realize <laughs> like you are not hot enough to keep me fucking on the line. I no. don't know I don't know you. Like right. and then I I get to know women and then I I I'm like, "Oh, they would be cool and I don't feel it in my heart." So you could keep me on the line and try and push me off to the side as so, so some guy that's going to be like, "Oh, I have the I have the type of charm where I don't need to talk to him for a few days." <laughs> no you not, don't. No, no. No, you do not. Although, I don't want to burst your bubble. It may be a tactic, but it also could just be a byproduct of dating apps because I definitely have just not checked my app for like three days at a time. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, what, but, but like one of the girls I was talking to, it's like we were getting closer and closer to making plans. Okay. Okay. And mm-hmm. I would I would put out a, a like, oh, you want to go grab dinner or something? And, uh, and like we could go here. I'd give her options and then... <laughs> Nothing. And we were just and we were just texting each other. And then a couple of days would go by and then it's like, oh hey, I had this thing anyway. Yeah, dinner sounds great. And I'm like, dinner came and went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Okay. So she was she was playing that game. Once yeah, it goes yeah. to text, it's that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're like dinner right. plans are over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't need this. I don't need I don't need this shit. And then I was also sort of surprised at the the bare minimum. I, I found I found out the bare minimum is an impressive uh, feat in mm. dating. 
I was I was supposed to I was supposed to uh have a FaceTime with a girl and then I and then plans changed and I was like, Oh, I have like a, a like a, a different thing going on. But I would love to talk to you after the fact if you can't do later tonight, uh tomorrow. And then she texts me and she's like, um WAP. Wa- she's like Wow. Yes, full WAP. Yeah, full WAP. <laughs> she's like, Wow, you're not like LA guys at all. This whole like diatribe <laughs> About how how like she's impressed by my candor, and I'm like, that's basic human decency. Yeah, basic shit. You're like, I rescheduled a time for you. Yeah, I I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. What is happening in the world? We yeah, we I wasn't like her date to a wedding. I was a fucking. It was just a FaceTime. You know what though? I feel like sometimes women are like kind of told to say stuff like that, but I I hear how it's coming off just kind of like, wow, right. you must be treated pretty fucking bad if that's what you are doing. When yeah. you're so jaded so yeah. much. And I think our <laughs> listeners must be laughing because they've heard us talk about this film idea we've had where an alien comes down to Earth <laughs> to date and to uncover right. all the ridiculous things that happens in modern dating. You are literally our alien right now because you're like yes. what the fuck is wrong with people this is just common yeah. sense it was such a weird experience to be like this is this is what you do to just be a polite person it's what you learn very early in your life is how to treat how to treat people <laughs> for whatever reason i don't know why dating feels like people just can do garbage behavior like yeah. it's acceptable and get away with it Yes. Yeah. And what other worlds would that be acceptable if you just, you know, bailed on plans with like an employer or something? Yeah. And just didn't contact them to reschedule. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's such an easy and and what's funny too is on Don't Take Bullshit from Fuckers, we'll get emails in and I, I, I we were getting these emails in before the divorce and so you know i was like looking at the, i was looking at um these emails about guys ghosting our female listeners and how like they'll drop off for a few days both greg and i are like fuck him and <laughs> block his number and move on then i then i rethought about it when i was getting into dating and i was like all right if that happens to me now i'm in the now i'm in their seat so what is that mm-hmm. gonna feel like and then mm-hmm. it happened, and I was like, yeah, fuck them. I didn't know them. <laughs> the thing about all relationships, any relationship, is they previously weren't in your life, and you were doing just no. fine. Exactly. You were rolling around the streets, living mm-hmm. your life. You were going to work. You made money. You fucking, you have friends, and mm-hmm. you, you got family. You had traditions. You have all this shit without them, and then they go into your life, and all of a sudden, the, the rest of your world shuts down because you're yeah. just like, they're not talking to me. Well, yeah fucking then kick them to the curb and go back to what your life was like right. before they rolled in to try and fuck it up fuck them especially yep. these people that you met for like an hour and i know sometimes easier said than done i think it's always easier giving this advice when you're not in it than when you are in it mm-hmm. but i i feel like sometimes we let people have just too much power over us to Way your point much. it's like you met for an hour who the fuck cares about them like save yeah. it for someone that that's gonna really hurt you you know yeah and what we hear from our listeners is that most of the time, they don't even like that person. All they want is to win the popularity contest. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. want val- I just want validation. To make sure they like me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ego. It's ego driven. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing cooler than someone just being like, oh, I, I don't care. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. hey, hey, I'm back. Oh, you were? I, don't, I haven't thought about you for a week. Uh, oh, well, do you want to get together? No, I no. don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
the way I look at it is they're making room for the right person. They're stepping out of the way, making room for the right person. And that mm-hmm. kind of leads us to, you made it on the other side. You've mm-hmm. met someone now. Can you kind of share, because you guys did not meet on an app. Can you kind of share the story of how you met? Yes. So Greg went on uh, Girls Gotta Eat. And um, which is a show out in New York, and I'm sure your listeners have heard of it. And Absolutely, yes, yeah. And Greg, for anyone that is not familiar, hopefully they listen to you and I on your podcast. But he is Kane's co-host, and we're going to have him on the podcast later yes. too. Gregory Barrett, uh, wonderful person, wonderful man, <laughs> yeah, very funny, very helpful dude. Uh, helped me get sober. One of my best friends, love him to death. And Greg goes on. Girls Gotta Eat to talk about the, you know, the days of he's just not that into you when he wrote the book, sort of how it came about. I won't spoil that here. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure he'll retell it here. And there's also the Girls Gotta Eat episode. Mm -hmm. But he also wrote on Sex in the City. And so he was talking about Sex in the City and the and that episode aired. Our numbers exploded Mm -hmm. out of nowhere. And so I was like, all right, let me listen to the show. So I listened to Greg's episode and I was like, that was funny. Let me listen to another one without Greg. So then I started listening. As the show is going, I'm I'm like, who's the uh the short one <laughs> who's like very very bubbly. sexual? Very bubbly, <laughs> very sexual, very bubbly, very funny. And then it, she said her name and I was like, okay, which one's Raina? So I went on mm-hmm. Instagram and I looked her up. And and stalk like, on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. She's easy like, to stalk too. <laughs> oh yeah. It, and I, I was like, oh, okay. She's hot. Um <laughs> And she's funny, and she's uh, she's got a great laugh, and she's got a great voice. Cool. Uh, I think I have a crush on this girl, and that'll be something I put on the shelf, and that just sits on the shelf, and that never materializes ever. And then <laughs> it was like a couple months later, Greg was like, I hit up Raina. She's coming on the show, and then we'll get Ashley afterwards. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, crush. <laughs> oh, no. I don't. <laughs> want this to happen <laughs> you I didn't want it to happen no i didn't want Raina to come on because i knew i'd get i knew i'd get nervous oh and i knew i'd be like i'd i wouldn't be funny or charming or <laughs> it's my show and i i'm like i'm gonna bomb on this episode i fucking i can feel it wow pressure yeah and if you listen to that episode that Raina comes on uh, Pat told me what Pat told me after the fact, like a couple weeks later, he's like, "Dude, I had to cut so much shit." Pat's out of the that. producer. Yeah, for Pat, <laughs> yeah. My producer. He's like, "I had to cut you just babbling, <laughs> nervous talk." Yeah, I just love it. Nervous chatter. He's like, "What was wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Just having an off day. Don't talk to me." So on that episode, I started asking her questions because because um once i announced that i was single uh and we our female listener base grew Mm -hmm. i started to get dms on my instagram and i didn't know how to deal with that and i just like one girl was like (laughs) one girl sent me a picture of her ass and i was like right on and i sent you right on thumbs up emoji yeah i sent a thumbs up i didn't know what to do i didn't know i have no idea what it was like to you can't be a fuck boy we've already established this so (laughs) now i'm just like getting these messages and i'm like i don't even and girls are i and i we do an episode on dick pics and i'm like i've never sent one before my whole life so i don't know what to i don't know like what angles to do and then I kept getting messages like, send one in gray 
sweatpants. And I'm like, so I'm asking, I started asking her these questions. So I'm oh, like, that's how you got your in with her. Okay. Yeah, like, oh. If I were to be with someone or talking to someone and they ask for a dick pic, A, do I send it? And B, what do I send? And should I send it in a gray sweatpants? And she was like, okay. And started breaking it down what I should do and how she likes it. And then she had like a bunch of funny stories of different times she got dick pics sent to her. And then we got done recording and she was like, hey, if you get, if you start to actually take some in gray sweatpants, send them to me i'll like verify that i'll verify that these are good yeah i'll let you know if they're good yeah she has like her wall the dexter wall <laughs> she also that, has a harry potter closet a savage move right there yeah right there yeah, it was send me your baller. dick pics i'll let you know how they are send me your yeah. dick pics stranger I don't know, but i'm still kind of picking up like are, okay at this point are you like this is someone i want to pursue because i don't know how i'd feel if someone was you know it sounds like you guys are kind of having like friendly banter mm-hmm. i know some of it was on a mm-hmm. podcast so there's some of that going on right but like you know the exchange of men and women kind of like asking each other for advice that doesn't necessarily scream like i'm into you sometimes people right. interpret it the opposite yeah and we got done recording and then it was like a few hours later sh- oh no i had what did I, I had posted a picture of me with my other podcast co-hosts saying like uh the face the face you make when you're the third wheel because they're a couple my other two podcast co-hosts are, co- are a couple and she sent me that picture on my dms and was like you know if you were sending more gray sweatpant dick pics then you wouldn't have to worry Ooh, about this good so line <laughs> yeah this, i remember being like this isn't happening because i had crushed on her from a from from afar and sort of like in my own mind thought that that's not real mm-hmm. like that'll never be a reality so when she started talking to me i was like this she doesn't like me she's just being nice mm. so then i call my girlfriends and they're like <laughs> I like she's she's not into me, right? She's just being nice, and I send screenshots of our conversations. And my girlfriend goes, uh, "Do you know are New Yorkers like just known for being nice people? Do you know them as that the stereotype?" <laughs> That's a very great question. Yeah, great I was like, question. I was like, I guess not. He goes, "She's like, you're so dumb. Why are you so thick? <laughs> this girl likes you. Stop it." Like flirt she's, back, just flirt she's back. She's playing virtual footsie with you, and you keep yes. saying, "Excuse me." Yeah, I keep Sorry. fucking yeah, trying to get away. So <laughs> I I I send her my number and then we start talking about the food network cuz she's a big food blogger and then we um and then it just sort of progressed from there where I just periodically would send some something some dumb sentence that she didn't know how to respond to cuz I'm just nervously <laughs> trying to figure out how you flirt over text and then uh she said at one point she was like in she was in Miami and she was with a friend and she took a like a picture of a basket of puppies. She sent that to me like, "Hey, look, a, pa- a basket of puppies." And I was just I said something stupid about COVID that was like this that's proof COVID is like almost over or something and she was like what the fuck does that mean then she looks at her friend she goes what does that mean and then the friend goes i have no idea (laughs) like who says that after a picture of puppies and so they're like oh he obviously isn't into me but then i i just kept i could i could sort of feel it going away Mm. so i started to be send the dick pics aggressive yeah i just said a little more direct i feel like i wouldn't know what those 
text met either. Like, I think you're always like, is this person into me? And, you know, it's someone you're obviously into. But I think when things aren't clear, and it's kind of these like ambiguous texts back and forth, that's when things either fade out if people don't step it up a notch, Mm -hmm. or both people are just kind of like, what is going on here? Yeah. And I finally was like, hey, let's, let's, you want to have a phone call? Okay. And she was like, yeah, sure. So we scheduled a time to talk on the phone. And then we talked for about five hours on the phone. Wow. Yeah. And the time difference between LA and New York, it was like by the time we started to the time we ended, it was 2.30 a.m. her time. Holy shit. And I had like the rest of the night to myself afterwards. So then she woke up the next morning and she was, I was like, how are you? I text her like, how are you feeling today? And she was like, I think we should break up. This is, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. kind of gave you like bait. I would say she didn't make mm-hmm. like the full first move. She yeah. gave you kind of like that, you know, permission to come and make it happen. Yeah. I mean, she was very, very, you know, like we talk about sex, we talk about whatever. She like kept the conversation rolling and I just sort of felt uh, kind of un- unsure of myself. And that's how I n- knew I liked her mm-hmm. because- before I was very, very sure of myself because I just didn't care. And mm-hmm. like I didn't care that this would that any conversation with these women would progress into anything. So I was very much myself and said whatever I whatever popped into my head, no matter how weird it would be mm-hmm. and seem or whatever. This time around I'm now I genuinely hope that I'm not fucking it up and I'm and I'm fucking it up. I keep like stumbling over things and sending texts that don't make any sense and and then I'm all like in my head about it. Eventually when like we jumped on the phone, I could tell like, oh I can be she's just gonna she made me feel very comfortable right away on the phone. And I was like, okay, I don't have to worry about being cool. Because I was just trying to be cool. That's what really all it was. I was trying to be um intriguing mm, but mysterious she was, yeah but she was already <laughs> talking to me so it didn't like it didn't make any sense i feel like she dropped more than hints though because think about it this is a girl who co-hosts a really fucking popular podcast she's mm-hmm. so well known on instagram she lives in fucking new york what is she doing <laughs> wasting her time talking to you on the phone for five hours when there are right. yeah. millions obviously of other she's men into it. in yeah. new york i mean I, I i just see the writing on the wall it's like obviously mm-hmm. she's into it right <laughs> right i thought maybe not i just like i thought maybe she just wasn't i don't like i didn't have I didn't she just ha- want like a virtual friend <laughs> you yeah know? she's just like she's just like yeah, I think I might be fun to talk to, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so so how did it like progress into more that you both were kind of like, this isn't just us shooting the shit on the phone? Her, Raina and Ashley were going to Miami to do the improv. My mom lives out in Florida. So I hit them up and I'm like, and she was also drunk texting me one night and she was like, I'm going to be in Miami if you like want to come out to uh, a show. And mm. uh and I was like, huh, all right. And so I talked to Greg and then I talked to uh, my girlfriend and they were both like, hey man, if COVID has taught us anything, you know, basically the life is too short conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, all right, fuck it. So I bought a plane ticket to Miami and then I told her I bought it. And then she was like, then she, I guess, had like a little bit of a panic oh. on that end. She was like, oh, I was just being cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> She was like drunk texting me. So she was like, oh, it'd be kind of fun if you were in Miami. And then I bought tickets and she was like, okay. Um, Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that was that's a lot. 
So instead, she was like, "How about how about I come out to L.A. first, mm. and then if we hit it off, Miami is a good idea." Oh, she okay. didn't realize you were incapable of being a fuckboy. So yeah, it's yeah. like I'll throw that out there. He won't really do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so then she came out to she came out to L.A. We talk a lot. Of, we were talking a lot about um, snacks when we weren't talking like having sex in innuendo conversations. We talk a lot about. Uh, the best type of snacks and her her favorites are Cheez-Its oh, and yes. she had a she had a pretty shitty and I, I told her about Tim's Cascade Jalapeno Chips which is a west coast mostly Seattle chip company that's it's the greatest chip on the on the planet earth and she's never heard of them because they're not out in the east coast so she gets she has a bad um she has a really bad flight experience getting out to LA so when she finally lands she's like hey I'm gonna take a nap and like recalibrate then we can meet up and uh her hotel was right next to my apartment so i'm like all right now that i have all this time more time than i thought i was going to have today here's what i'll do i'll go out and i'll get her cheese its and jalapeno chips and then i'll ask her if she likes flowers and rather than give her flowers i'll give i'll um give her these snacks cute. sort of like like a cute cute funny thing and then she, I see her. She opens the door, and I'm, I'm like, I'm flustered and nervous. I was nervous before I went out there. Then I see her, and I'm like, oh fuck, it's even worse. But I have this bag behind me, and I go, hey, do you like flowers? And she goes, you didn't buy me flowers. And I was like, no, I didn't. I bought you Cheez-Its and jalapeno chips. And she was like, thank God. Oh my God. I was actually very worried that you being like a good person we're probably going to get me flowers and i was like how do i pretend that i like that he got me flowers because i feel like he's a guy who's going to get me flowers and i've actually been dreading the idea of you coming and getting me flowers and i i Aww. immediately was like i would never get you flowers <laughs> yeah, i was like how is this romantic gesture becoming unromantic right now <laughs> yeah she's like i just like yeah, I can't get flowers from you on the first date or whatever. So I was, so we kept joking about how I'm like, okay, great, I'll just never get you flowers then. And not to brag or nothing, but I'm a really good flower picker. Like I can <laughs> get a good bouquet going. And I'm like, but you'll never know because uh, I'm just never going to get you flowers. It'll just be a, a cavalcade of cheeses and jalapeno chips <laughs> always. So then, so then when I go out to New York, she goes, "Do you like flowers?" And I'm in her apartment. <laughs> I go. No, I don't like flowers. And she bought me flowers. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to have these like running jokes. Though. Yeah. So, okay. So this might be a hard question to answer. Mm -hmm. But do you think it was the person or the time or a combo of both? Um, I think it was, I think it was a combo of both. I think her, her schedule, uh, her show schedule, like going on the road and theaters and all the comedy clubs that she would have been doing had there not been COVID, she probably would have been more unreachable. So it would have been a lot harder. But now that we had like mm -hmm. nothing but time to talk and get to know each other, I think the timing was sort of fortuitous. And then it um, lend itself to sort of build on a relationship from afar. What about your time though? Because you were in a place of like, I don't want a relationship. I'm trying to be a fuck boy. Yeah. How did you kind of, what do you think about your timing with this whole thing? Well, I had, I had, after the, after one of the last girls, I just was like, I'm just, I'm not going to date anymore. Like I, I have no interest. I deleted all the apps immediately and I was like, 
I don't, if I'm going to meet somebody, it's just going to be organically. I don't care that much to manufacture a, a meet cute on, on these apps. So fuck it. I can wait. And then we did the podcast like a month later or mm. something like that. Yeah. All right. At least been a f- year, like a full year, maybe some change after the breakup. Mm-hmm. Mm. So then I was like, I had can't, I had like stopped it. I was like, no. And then of course, you know, they always say once you stop looking, it finds you or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what happened where I was like, I'll just meet somebody organically. Fuck it. And then that's what happened. And also but you cool. didn't meet under the context of dating. Right. So yeah. There was exactly. no pressure. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that was my whole idea for meeting somebody new. It's like if if we hit it off through happenstance, cool. Mm-hmm. But trying to build myself up on this on this shit for it only to like fall apart because I can't I can't get my head around it because also it doesn't feel meeting them after meeting them in person after meeting them on the apps didn't feel real. Like when we connected, I didn't feel anything. And and then when we, and then when we'd be in person, I'm like, this is the same kind of feeling where it's just like, yeah, I'm talking to you, but I have no real like none of that great dating energy you need when you're excited about somebody. But you did kind of realize from apps that you at the core are a relationship type of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like like when this came in, you obviously were super into her clearly had a crush on her before you even met and it was kind of like okay at this point like i'm going all in with a relationship or were you kind of wavering with that still um i wanted to make sure that i was not moving super fast again Mm. so whole thought process is you know still because it's still a new relationship is like because you know a lot of people and i i think a lot of couples especially young couples have a tendency to meet someone they feel get knows them um, like no one else because you know of course you're you're attracted so you're just fucking all the time and you guys are like eating food. I think Christopher Titus has a funny. He's like all you're doing is fucking and um, fucking and eating. I think <laughs> and and then so you're and you're having like these deep long conversations and so you're like they don't. No one gets me like them. And then you, you're like, we should move in together. We've known each other for two weeks. We should move, we should move in together because you're my yeah. soulmate. Then you move in and then you're like, why do you fucking, why do you put garlic salt on everything? Why, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that about you. And look, it's not a big deal, but if you do it again, I might cut your fingers off. And you, then you have these big blow up fights out of nothing. Um, and then you make up because you're young and you're just moving too fast. And then mm-hmm. you have another blow up fight over nothing. Thing, and I don't want to repeat that. And uh, and so my entire idea is like, hey, we met um, long distance, getting to know each other. And, you know, as the space between us gets smaller, I don't want that to go away. So if we get to a point where we move in together, I don't want to I don't want to fight about garlic salt. I, right. you know, I want it to be if we're going to argue, it's going to be about whatever real issue is going on. Yeah. And I kind of want to bring this back to this idea of making the first move. Because even mm-hmm. on when I was on your show, that listener had a question about, as a woman, should I make mm-hmm. a first move? And I think so many women think about that because we think that if we do make the first move, it's a power dynamic that mm-hmm. now the man has all the power yes. or that it sets it up where the woman has to make all the moves now in the relationship. What would you say to all the women out there who are debating whether they should make the first move or not? Um, 
you really have nothing to lose because like i said before their your your life your life is what your life is without them in it mm-hmm. and then they uh, they're new and exciting and they pop in and you want to b- progress and if that's what you want and no matter what kind of hints that come around no matter how many hard hints you drop uh if the guy seems like he's not getting it or he's sort of or you you're in what feels like a friend zone i would just say like just be uh blunt because and then and once you do that and they say no then you go oh they weren't into me and if they say yes then great because not every guy yeah not every guy is going to make the first move they might be like me really really into you but also like uh, a little um unsure of themselves right like are, are they into me uh and i might you know i got clueless i'm a little my, clueless i'm a little clu- <laughs> i am a little clueless with I dating would. i mean you you i think that is a good point though it's like you don't ever know what the other person's experience is this yeah. was your first kind of like back into dating as mm-hmm. an adult and you know like you didn't have all that experience to read every last signal and to make all that. So I think someone that's not making the moves could potentially miss out on someone really great that mm-hmm. might just be like a little, you know, not as polished, I guess, as other people, which mm-hmm. usually ends up being the boyfriends, not the fuck boys. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot of fuck boys. I know <laughs> most of my friends are who are dating. Um they just like they want a relationship and they don't seem to it doesn't seem to work out or they're looking for something uh so i'm not i don't run with i don't run with a lot of fuck boys or at least i'm i'm not aware of them as such um but a lot of my single guy friends kind of go through a similar thing where they'll they'll put in like my buddy my buddy jay has a funny thing where it's like i don't why like why do i have to always have a good line you know, I always mm. have to have some, some some sort of fucking fancy line that I got to throw mm-hmm. out there. It's like, that's why I like Bumble. Because if, mm-hmm. if they hit me with hi, uh, then I can just be like, hi, that's all you got? <laughs> like, the amount of times I've heard women be like, that's all you got is hi. Uh, yeah. Is, uh, you know, so there's like um, having having like a fancy line or something. It's like when people say like, what do you say? This is how I feel about talking to people when in dating. Same way I feel like uh, talking to hecklers, like being heckled. People will ask me, like, do you have a stock line? It's like, no, I don't actively write heckle comebacks so I can be funny. It's just like, hey, whatever comes in the moment, I hope I'm fucking funny when it happens. (laughs) And I hope I I can destroy at that moment and make it funny. And that's how I feel about um, talking to somebody on the apps or talking to somebody in person. It's like, why make up a line that mm-hmm. they that they either they that they can judge as good or bad. Like mm-hmm. if it's if it's shit, then they're gonna be like, "Yikes, dog!" But if it's good, they're still gonna be like, "Wow, that was a good one." And now you're being judged on your ability to write material, <laughs> so mm-hmm. you can get right. in their pants. It all feels uh, materialistic in a way. Like dating can mm-hmm. be very materialistic. Well, what did he say? Well, he had this line where he asked about if my ass hurt because I came from heaven. And it's like, boo, <laughs> did you fucking have a conversation about something? Or did you guys just want to fuck? Did you even get to that point? It's it's a maddening process that I didn't spend a lot of time in. 
but enough time to get annoyed at it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think to you, A, the, your question of like, does it have to be like this forever? I think in today's world where a lot of women, myself included, want an equal relationship, I personally would not want a guy that I couldn't text first because what type of relationship does that lead to ultimately? So I think having, you know, making that first move or putting the ball in that guy's court and just letting them know that you're interested, I don't think it needs to mean that like forever you're always going to be the one doing it. You're really just getting something off the ground. Yeah, I think we need to stop muddying the waters with all of these should we, shouldn't we? Do I, do I talk to the guy? Do I, what do you want? I think you need right. to always ask yourself in this moment, at any moment, what do I want? Do I want to talk to them and tell them that, that I like them? Because that's so fucking exciting when you're just like, shit, I want to tell them that I have a crush on them. Mm-hmm. And the moment you do, you feel very liberated, whatever the, the reciprocation is later on, because you're going you're gonna to be alive after the fact. Yeah, it's about taking control. Instead of waiting yep. for someone mm-hmm. to express their interest, which we still don't really know what that could look like because some of us don't understand certain signs. So why <laughs> not take control yeah. and move things forward? I used to be that girl who was like, I can't be the one making the first move because I've had guy friends tell me that I lose my value if I do mm-hmm. that. And then I turn around and I go, I wouldn't date any of those guy friends. Like those right. are the places I want to date. So exactly. why am I asking them for advice? Who cares what they think, right? And that's why they're yeah. still single. So right. I, I think we, I think that piece of advice is so great for all of us to hear. Is what do I want right now? And what can I do in this moment to get what I want? That's a really good segue into our takeaways, because I feel like, I mean, there's so much that I've gathered from this whole conversation. And, you know, we always say a lot of it's an evolution. I think it's actually good that you use the dating apps. And I'm very pro dating app. I met my boyfriend on a dating app. Like it can definitely happen. Mm -hmm. But I do think, especially for someone that's kind of getting new into dating, it's a really good way to be exposed to a lot of people and learn what you do like and what you you don't like and kind of get you over that hump. So like you said, the right person comes around Mm -hmm. and you know, you know, like you're like, I'm ready for this person. I'm ready to kind of make something more. I've gotten that fuck boy, fuck girl energy out and ready to move on. So it's all a process. And in general, like we're saying with the making the moves and stuff, so many times no one's making any moves, just it's action. Like, you mm-hmm. know, action goes further than ego. And I think that's so important because so many times when we've let ego get in the way, just nothing happens. Right. You know, it's so funny, too, about any of those those guy friends that have that advice that's really kind of shit. Later on, you see this happen all the time where those type of fuckboy guys and those sort of alpha male dudes will end up in a relationship with a woman who doesn't take their shit like that. Who right. would never listen to that advice if their husband or boyfriend gave that to them. You see that all the time where they're just like, they're like, yeah, I used to be like this and then I met her and mm-hmm. you know the dynamic sort of changed. It's like, I, I didn't lose myself as a person. This is just, we get each other and mm-hmm. I, don't ha- I don't feel like I need to play some mind 
mind game on her and I know she's not going to do it yep. back to me. Nobody wants to feel like they're being manipulated. And once you find that person that doesn't that makes you feel like you can be yourself, then you will look back at the person you were and like, I can't believe I'm with this person. But it makes so much sense. It would mm -hmm. make so much sense at the time. You don't even think about it when you find a person that just makes you go, I can be me. I think also people always ask, I don't have that much dating experience. Am I at a disservice? I almost think you're at like an advantage because you don't have this jaded behavior. We were talking about just the bare minimum. And I think people shouldn't succumb to like doing that and playing these games. And, you know, I think we always say it's like, fuck all these rules that were told to us. They're not going to help you. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people feel like they need to game dating and figure it all out. And like you were just saying, at the end of the day, it's all about being yourself and staying true to your values and being the good person. Like there's no reason why we should just turn to shit humans because we're on dating apps. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> we have something that seems kind of cool at first and then we try to fuck it up. So of course, try to yeah. just rise above that. My biggest takeaway from this conversation is thanks for reminding me that modern dating has become where being in the negative is the norm. And then somehow mm -hmm. when you are a status quo, that's like the most amazing thing in the world. <laughs> so I would take away from this conversation is challenge everyone out there to add an extra 10%. In addition to meeting the minimum requirements of being a good person, what's that extra 10% of bringing Cheez-Its and chips on, mm -hmm. on a first date instead of flowers? That's I feel like that's the extra 10% that even if the relationship doesn't work out, the date doesn't turn romantic, you have just made someone's day by just adding an extra 10%. And it's the least we can really do. So mm -hmm. let's stop living in the negative. Let's go in the positive. Even the bare minimum is just not being negative. <laughs> like right. you see so right. much negativity of people complaining about dating and all the stuff. It's like just bring a positive attitude. At the end of the day, people are looking for someone fun to be around and mm -hmm. a breath of fresh air. And we always say if you're complaining to your friends, likely that's seeping into your dating life too. Right. And it's always sort of like you can you can find a positive out of a negative. So like you try and shoot your shot or you do something kind of goofy or silly or you try to be yourself at dinner and it doesn't get reciprocated at the table. Um, the positive is you get to go back and tell your friends what a shit date you had. And mm -hmm. then you, you know how like funny bad dating stories are? The amount of times on our <laughs> podcast someone sends us a story about how like it just fucking went awry and yeah. the amount of joy that we get <laughs> hearing that, especially if it's like a close friend where they're mm -hmm. telling you a story and you're like, yo, I cannot believe that happened. That's hilarious. And you get to like live that experience and then go, all right, on to the next one. I just remembered something that you said, your podcast, because Greg had a bit of a part to this story too, right? Your co-host, Greg, kind of yes. had an ult, like he thought that you and Raina were going to hit it off and had her come as a guest mm -hmm. almost to set you up. Right, without so telling I me. I feel like a takeaway too is to, you know, have your friends back. So it sounds like you've had a group of friends throughout this whole process. Some maybe giving better advice than others, mm -hmm. maybe some questionable fuckboy advice in there. Right. But I think at the end of the day, that is how people can get through this period too, is having friends that are looking out with them, whether that's someone to vent with, so the negative energy doesn't come out on dates, or having someone that's like, that person's going to be amazing for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of slyly make it 
happen. Yeah. And all those girls, too, that tried to turn me into a fuckboy were the same girls that were like, this girl's into you. Talk to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yes, be, they like, gave you the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. They So they they're just they're just trying to help good, good advice or bad advice, you know, and they and they your friends know you in a way you don't know yourself mm-hmm. and you know you can never fully really know you and you can and they can never really fully know you but they know you in, a, in their in their outside view of you and your actions you're not aware of they see that shit so then in their mind they go ooh, kane's like this Raina's like this that kind of seems like that fits perfectly mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and i'll you just be in your head running around on all of the oh fuck i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know trust me just <laughs> shoot your shot and see what happens yeah they probably knew when they were suggesting you to be a fuck boy that you just weren't ready then too so they probably were looking out for you then even though it might sound funny when we talk about it but yeah, it was yeah. probably coming from a good place too but a yeah. psa to those friends because i've definitely been one of those friends is that any given time when you are giving your friends advice we have the opportunity to give them advice to turn them into good people or to steer them Mm -hmm. in a direction of good instead of bad. So Mm -hmm. if you truly believe that your friend is going through heartbreak or going through something and you want them to get out of this place, maybe encourage them to go to a retreat or go Mm -hmm. read this book or listen to this podcast versus go fuck as many women as you want, right? Right. I think we we can all take that responsibility. Right. Right. Roadkill, as UA calls it. We don't want roadkill along the way. (laughs) The women that gave you that advice, they sure as hell don't want to be the roadkill of the fuck boys whose gave them that advice, right? (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Like if I walked up to them and tried to just hump and dump, they'd be fucking so mad at me. So mad. <laughs> they'd be so mad at me. But they gave me that advice anyway. Right. It's very funny. We're, yeah. Like we're conditioned to think that way. We're conditioned mm-hmm. to tell men that. You know, you yeah. heard this from kids, um, men who reminisce about the times when they were kids and their aunts would come over and be like, how many girlfriends do you have? And that's like a thing. It's like, oh, yeah. you're so cute because you have like five girlfriends because we mm-hmm. condition that in a society. Society. And I think mm-hmm. we can take responsibility to end that cycle. Yeah. Fuck mm-hmm. the fuck boys. That's how the fuck <laughs> boys are created from little ants. From ants. Yeah. No, from their ants when they're little. That's what I meant to say. Not little ants. <laughs> oh, from their ants. Yes, their ants. Oh, ants, ants, um, ants are very, very uh, uh they push that, they do definitely push that narrative. Like, oh my God, he's gonna have so many girlfriends. So many Look girlfriends. How cute he is. He's gonna be he's trouble. You know? Oh my god, yeah. he's a little heartbreak. <laughs> Breaker. He's gonna ruin yeah. her life and her life and her life. And then the girls later on is like, "Fuck, he did ruin my life. <laughs> he ruined you, my aunt. fucking life." <laughs> what did you? What do you know, Aunt? Way to go, Aunt Becky! You fucking asshole. <laughs> I lost half my shit. I married your stupid ass nephew who broke my goddamn heart. I told you he's a little heartbreaker, isn't he? Isn't he yeah, a little heartbreaker? Right? He's thirty five and he took all my shit and my dog. <laughs> Please do a bit on this. <laughs> How my aunt fucked me up for life. Toxic ants. We're giving you material. So, Kate, let our audience know where they can find you in your podcast. Uh, you can find, you if you go on iTunes or anywhere, you look up uh, just DTBFF, uh, which stands for Don't Take Bullshit from Fuckers, uh, or DTBFF Podcast, which uh, you can follow on Instagram and 
you could uh, follow me at Kane Holloway on Instagram. And uh, you can go to KaneHolloway.com. I have show dates up there for upcoming shows. And uh, and that's that's pretty much... Oh, I have, um, I have a special and an album out. One's on Spotify and one's on my YouTube channel. And you can check out you can check out those. I think yeah, they're both for free on uh, on those platforms. Thank you so much, Kane, for being on our show. Thanks for having us on your show. Thank you for showing us not all men are capable of being fuckboys. <laughs> true. Would have to really try to be one. It's refreshing <laughs> to hear that. For all of our listeners, uh, what really helps us is when you give us a five star review rating in Apple Podcasts because it helps us get guests like Kane, who isn't a fuckboy. So the more stars, <laughs> the more reviews we get, the closer. The to five stars, the more fuckboys die. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> a promise. For each five star review, the, if that mm-hmm. is not an incentive to rate us right this minute, I don't know what is. Oh, I know the 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 fuckboy, the soul in a fuckboy dies, and then a suit he appears, <laughs> and a little bow tie gets clipped onto their onto their throat, and then they go and, and they try to live a respectful life. <laughs> Every that. Apple podcast rating at a time. Yes. Yeah, a lot of yes. a lot of gym memberships just died right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all the dick pics disappeared from the universe. So. Well, just a lot <laughs> of Off them. the cloud right now. Yes. It's miraculous. <laughs> oh, yes. It's flying away. <laughs> Every time you give us a five-star rating, a dick pic gets its wings. Okay? <laughs> it flies away. <laughs> That's right, Clarence. That's- <laughs> Uh, on that note we're gonna wrap this up thanks again as always we will definitely have you back in because we can keep this conversation going and of course we want to check in how things are going with you and miss reina over there let's wrap it up stay Stay the dateable podcast is part of the frolic podcast network find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts want to continue the conversation first follow us on instagram facebook and twitter with the handle at dateable podcast tag us in any post with a hashtag stay dateable and trust us we look at all those posts then head over to our website datablepodcast.com there you'll find all the episodes as well as articles videos and our coaching service with vetted industry experts you can also find our premium y series where we dissect analyze and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums we're also downloadable for free on spotify apple Podcasts, google play overcast stitcher radio and other podcast platforms your feedback is valuable to us so don't forget to leave us a review and most importantly remember to stay dateable Thank you.